A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. There are six Christianizing the American dream. I said that you, uh, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. There's very few times I've ever heard God be this articulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm asking you to brush your hair. That's what God commanded Hey everybody, welcome back to the Master's Dog episode 139. I'm your host, Norm the Master's Dog Dunham, aka The Evangelical Norm. The Master's Dog podcast is a podcast I started that deals with false teachers, false doctrines, false gospels, false prophets. If it's false and it's coming against God's word, I will deal with it as the quote at the beginning of the introduction says, when God's truth is attacked, I bark. So it started out as Faith and Beliefs Refuted. It was dealing with a segment of the Saints Unscripted podcast called Faith and Beliefs, which I wanted to respond to the, the initial videos they did, which were dealing with the Articles of Faith, the LDS Articles of Faith. And I wanted to uh, show how they did not line up with Orthodox Christianity. And so... After they finished those, they continued on with other issues of doctrine and history and stuff like that. So I committed to respond to all of those videos. Down the road, I said, you know, I want to deal with other stuff. I don't want this to just be about Mormonism, although it is, that is important. I want to expand out and deal with other false teachers and false prophets and so on. So that's when it became the master's dog. Uh, and... That's where we are now. So that's a little history for those of you who are new. Um, again, we are continuing to get more and more subscribers here. It's because of those of you who continue to like, share, comment on the videos, um, subscribe, and so on. That makes the algorithm send the video out to more and more people who would be interested in seeing it. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, get all the content that I release here on the Evangelical Norm channel. Um, lots of different stuff, podcasts about music and arts and entertainment and culture and politics, all kinds of stuff you can get, uh, not just uh, stuff like this. So um, today we are back to the roots of this podcast, responding to the latest Faith and Beliefs video from the Saints Unscripted and they're talking about James Strang again. So this is the third or fourth episode, I believe, that they've done on James Strang. So the little bit of history. James Strang was a LDS man who, when Joseph Smith died, produced a letter from Joseph Smith that may or may not have been a forgery, likely was a forgery, proclaiming himself to be Joseph Smith's uh, successor. When that fell through, he went off and started his own religion with books and scripture and all the, the stuff, you know, he just, he literally took a page out of Joseph Smith's playbook and did his own thing. So today, David is going to continue talking about uh, James Strang and what he keeps putting this into the category and why I call, titled this uh, video, uh, Beating a Dead Horse, 
he keeps trying to put this in as a logical fallacy called a false equivalency because there are little differences and he'll get into that the differences between the books but literally it it is not a false equivalency you've got two men who claim to be prophets of god in some way who claim to find uh scripture written on metal plates buried in the ground translated them into uh extra biblical scripture now whether or not the books are the same or similar or you know again this does not make a false equivalency but i think i'm putting the cart before the horse here so we will go ahead and we'll let david do what david do and share with us a little bit about James Strang, some more Beat This Dead Horse as much as we can, and uh, we'll continue on. So here's David. Hey guys, so after Joseph Smith's death, a recent convert named James Strang claimed to be Joseph's successor. We've already done a couple of episodes about Strang, which you should go watch if you haven't yet. They will provide you with some important context. But there's more to Strang's story that we need to talk about. On September 13, 1845, Strang gathered four witnesses who dug where Strang had instructed and discovered a tiny set of three plates called the Vori plates or the Raja Manchu plates. You can read the testimony of the four witnesses here. Years later, Strang revealed another set of plates to seven witnesses, purportedly the brass plates of Laban mentioned in the Book of Mormon. You can read the testimony of the seven witnesses here. Clearly, the testimonies of these 11 witnesses were meant to parallel the testimonies of the 11 witnesses found in the pages preceding the Book of Mormon. As Latter-day Saints know, none of the 11 official Book of Mormon witnesses ever denied their published testimony, even after separating from the church and falling out with Joseph Smith. However, Latter-day Saint critics are quick to point out that none of Strang's witnesses ever directly deny their testimony either. This causes some people to wonder, why should we believe the Book of Mormon witnesses when Strang's witnesses made similar claims, which they never denied? Clearly, just having witnesses isn't anything special, right? Well, let's talk about it. So, here, here's the, the initial problem, is the question is wrong. It's not, why should we believe Joseph Smith's witnesses because James Strang had witnesses and witnesses aren't spe- it's why don't you as Mormons believe James Strang's witnesses when you believe your own that's that that is that is the question at hand One of the challenges with this topic is that it's really easy for people to fall into what is called the false equivalence fallacy, which is a logical fallacy that occurs when someone incorrectly asserts that two or more things are equivalent simply because they share some characteristics, despite the fact that there are also notable differences between them. For example, a false equivalence is saying that cats and dogs are the same animal since they're both mammals and have a tail. There are notable differences between Strang's witnesses and Joseph's witnesses that, in my mind, render them incomparable. For example, much ado is made about Strang's witnesses never directly denying their testimony even after leaving Strang's church. But here's the deal. When it comes to the Book of Mormon witnesses, not only do they never deny their testimonies, but we have records upon records showing that many of them, especially David Whitmer, reaffirmed and actively defended their testimony throughout their lives and even on their deathbeds. Some records are firsthand, some are not, but the point is, there is a... Okay, so I kind of almost want to back up on this and see the names. And so we're showing David Whitmer and a couple other guys, we're not getting their names, but... 
likely what this is, is these are the guys that died members of the LDS church. What about those who were excommunicated? What about those who left the church? Um, have they, and now again, he made the statement, they never publicly denounced their, their witness of what they saw. But did those who left the church, did they continue over and over and over and over and over again to double down on what they saw? Did they? So again, I mean, this is this does not make what we have between Joseph Smith and James String a false equivalency. It doesn't. They're still the same. They're literally, I mean, the, the example you use, okay, a dog and a cat are the same thing because they have fur and a tail. No, that, that does not compare to what you've got here. You've got two men who proclaim to be prophets, who took plates out of the ground, translated them by the power of the Urim and Thummim and so on, and created new scripture. Now, the fact that there are some differences between the witnesses and so on does not negate this from, does not put this in the category of a false equivalency. Just because in, and, and as David says this, in my mind, in my opinion, in this, I mean, you literally cannot pigeonhole this into a false equivalency because they literally are the same. Okay, yeah, the, the, the stories and, and so on of the witnesses are different, but yeah, that's going to happen. But the, the and, and again, I talked about this last time, the fact that in all the other things when we're dealing with, you know, Christianity and claiming that Mormonism is, is not Christian, immediately they're going to go, well, don't look at the differences, look at the similarities, now they're in a place where you've got this issue, and they're like, oh, don't look at the similarities. Look at the differences. Where's your consistency? Significant paper trail. When it comes to Strang's witnesses, frankly, I can't find a single solitary statement, firsthand or otherwise, from any of them reaffirming or defending their testimony after separating from Strang's movement. Nothing! Good day, sir! So, sure, they never directly deny their testimony, but this wasn't something they were defending throughout their lives. It was something that they just apparently never really talked about again. You know, I think it might be better if we just never... Or it's it just again. not recorded. Some of Strang's witnesses don't even have entries in the indexes of the books I looked through while researching this topic. And the phrase... So again, very few people know, because, I mean, what they talked about in the last one, there are 131 members continuing in the Strangite, Strangite, whatever you want to call it, uh, religion. 131 members versus what they claim is 14 million LDS. So, yeah, there's not going to be, I mean, most people who watch these, this LDS and otherwise um, have no idea who James Strang is. Zero. I mean, rarely have I ever been out on the street around the temple doing evangelism or anything and had any evangelist come up and start talking about James Strang. Never once at all, ever, ever. So again, the fact that you can't find any uh, documentation of them continuing to defend what they said, it does not make this a false equivalency. It just means that they were not as historical, they didn't keep the same records that the LDS church does, and they they never got anywhere near as big or known 
as the LDS Church did, so there's not as many books and writings about them. Never directly deny is important here. For example, in 1855, a Strangite council stripped one of the seven witnesses, Samuel Bacon, of his office. Warren Post, who presented the resolution, later wrote that Bacon had denied the work being done was the inspiration of God and had called it human invention. It's not a direct denial, as it's not a first-hand statement, but it is from a believing Strangite, so take it for what it's worth. Now, Okay, and... How many of the witnesses from the LDS Church were excommunicated? Because they no longer believed that Joseph Smith was a prophet, that the LDS Church was true. They may have not directly said, I deny what I saw, but they all left. Again, you're, you're dealing, you're trying to say a false equivalency, but of things that are, I mean, this guy was stripped of his thing. These other people... Oliver Cowdery, I believe, I, I wish I had read that a little better, but um, and I knew it off the top of my head. But many of the witnesses, at least five or six, were kicked out of the LDS church as being apostates. These are men who no longer believed that what Joseph Smith did was of God. Literally the same thing. It's important to note that when the straying witnesses describe in their testimonies what they experienced, digging up plates, etc., I believe them. Strang really did have metal plates. For a time, he had some of them on display for anyone to see. In that sense, it doesn't bother me that they never denied their testimonies because I wouldn't expect them to. They really did experience these things. The question is not about the reality of the plates. The question is about the authenticity of the plates. Some sources do claim that Strang and some friends... And so, again, with the dealing with the authenticity of the plates, so he put these plates out there for other people to see and go, well, here they are. Here's their plates. This is what we did. No one else besides the witnesses and Joseph ever saw the plates. Not even those people. Emma... His wife never saw the plates. Ever once. They were always covered. When she was doing any kind of translation, the plates were always covered. She never physically saw the plates, or with the eye of faith, or anything else like that. His own wife never saw the gold plates that supposedly Joseph Smith translated the Book of Mormon from. How do we know that they're authentic? You're talking about the authenticity of the plates. Okay, so these plates were forged and and, and uh, fabricated by Strang himself. No one has the ability. We can't go look at the plates of Joseph Smith. No Egyptologist has been able to look at Joseph Smith's plates and, and look at this reformed Egyptian. No current Egyptologist. Right? So how, how do you talk about authenticity of plates when... Your story about your plates is absolutely ridiculous, worse than a childhood uh, fabrication, right? Oh, the plates were given by an angel, they were shown by an angel, we did this, and then when we were done translating it, the angel took them back to heaven. Didn't even bury them back in the ground, took them to heaven. Created the Vori plates, the plates of Laban. However, the sources are admittedly not firsthand, so feel free to read them and assign value to them as you see fit. But this leads us to another significant difference between these groups of witnesses. The three witnesses of the Book of Mormon plates testified that they'd been shown the plates by an angel. There was absolutely nothing supernatural about the experiences of any of the Strang witnesses. 
faking plates would be hard enough, but I imagine that faking the presence of an angel of God would be significantly more difficult. Mixing the miraculous witness of the three Book of Mormon witnesses with the natural witness of the eight Book of Mormon witnesses makes their combined witness all the more challenging to shrug off. But it's also worth noting that the size and composition of Joseph's plates and Strang's plates were very different, and the length, intricacy, and genre of the resulting translations are also vastly different. Despite some superficial similarities, ultimately we're dealing with different people in different situations who experienced different things. From a Latter-day Saint perspective, they do not stand or fall together, and they do not occur in a vacuum. There are countless factors beyond the witnesses that play into how people make judgment calls on this stuff. No okay, so there was nothing supernatural about the, the strange uh, testimony. That actually bear, ha, gives them a better uh, credibility. Let's look at the testimony. So we've got got my Book of Mormon here. Um, this is the 1979 version. So um, I don't know if they've changed any of the uh, the witness stuff, but um, so let's look at the the, the testimonies. Um, be it known unto all nations, kindred, tongue, and people, unto whom this work shall come, that we, through the grace of God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, have seen the plates which contain this record, which is a record of the people of Nephi, also the Lamanites, their brethren, and also the people of Jared, who came from the tower of which hath been spoken. We also know that they have been translated by the gift and power of God, for his voice hath declared it unto us. Wherefore we know of a surety that the work is true. We also testify that we have seen the engravings which are on the plates, and they have been shown to us by the power of God and not of man. So they're making it out that this is absolutely a supernatural vision. This is not by the power of man. This is not physical. This is not, you know, uh, corporeal or anything. This is a completely spiritual vision. Um... We declared the words of soberness, and an angel of God came down from heaven, and he brought and laid before our eyes that we beheld and saw the plates and the engraving thereon. And we know that it is by the grace of God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ that we beheld and bear record that these things are true. It is marvelous in our eyes. Nevertheless, the voice of the Lord commanded us that we should bear record of it. Uh, wherefore, to be obedient unto the commandments of God, we bear testimony of these things. We know that we are faithful in Christ, blah, 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 blah. So they go on. That's the three. The eight witnesses that also saw it, they said, Be it known unto all nations, kindred tongues, and people of whom this work shall come, that Joseph Smith, Jr., the translator of the work, has shown unto us the plates which he has spoken, which have been have the appearance of gold, and as many of the leaves as, as, as the said Smith has translated, we did handle with our hands. We saw the engravings thereon. Um, of which the appearance of ancient work and curious workmanship, and we also bear record to the soberness that Smith has shown unto us we have seen and hefted and know for a surety that Smith had got the plates of which we have spoken. Okay, so again, here they're talking about, um, and many of the leaves, as I said, Smith has translated, we did handle with our hands. So, from what I get from that, and again, this is my opinion on what this says, is that they only saw the plates that Joseph had already translated. They didn't see the whole thing. So again, these could have been fabricated just the same way that Strang had fabricated his. Right? These, these, these could be just an absolute fabrication. Because one group said they saw them by the power of God. With the eye of faith is what it, that some of them have been quoted as saying in, in other uh, testimonies. 
they they saw them with the eye of faith. They saw them by the power of God, not physical. And then the other ones held and hefted some physical plates. So again, it's the the fact that there is no supernatural aspect to the strain testimony would actually, in like a current court of law, give it a better credibility than the other uh, the the LDS witnesses testimony so you know all that to be said you know as David finishes up here uh, they are the same thing they are literally the, the exact same thing that they are two men who claim to be prophets who have uh, found plates in the ground and translated them by the power of God in the Urim and Thummim and so yeah the size and, and shape and the length of what was translated and all this other stuff is different but that would be expected to be if, he, if, if Strang produced the exact same thing as the Book of Mormon then we'd be calling him a, a, a plagiarist which Joseph Smith was right so again to, to say that it's a false equivalency is just not accurate nonetheless in my opinion these witnesses really are not comparable. No, not exactly. It's entirely reasonable to believe Joseph's witnesses and not believe Strang's witnesses. Of course, feel free to check out the resources in the YouTube description and come to your own conclusions. Watch some of our other videos while you're here. We're not quite done with this subject yet. In the next episode, we'll be diving into another aspect of the James Strang controversy. So if you have questions I didn't address in this episode, stay tuned. We might get around to them in the next episode. We'll see you there. Have a great day. All right, so there you go. Um, James Strang, more of that. We're going to get more of that. And again, I don't know why this is this is such a thing that they want to talk about. Um, nobody I know, no apologist who is out there talking to Mormons is bringing up James Strang. I never have. I mean, I, I've, I knew his name. I've heard about him and stuff like that. But I never had any grill history or anything like that. I didn't delve deep into him because he was a meaningless person. You know, as far as evangelizing the Mormon people and telling them of the false gospel that they follow. So, why they continue to beat this dead horse, I, I honestly don't know. But, I will continue to beat it right along with them as they continue to do these episodes. So, thank you guys for taking the time to watch. Uh, hopefully, it was helpful. Um, Again, if you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button, notification, share, like, comment. Um, I, I'll take all the smoke. You can leave me comments in the, the video. You can hit me up over at the Master's Dog on Twitter, Evangelical Norm on Twitter, Norm Dunham on Facebook. Anywhere you want to send me uh, a note or a question, comment, snide remark, I'll take it. So thanks again, and as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. Until next time. Soli Deo Gloria.